Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the Oil of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. If you're listening to the first half on Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via Apple or become a Patreon. Just click on all the W's.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media or follow the show on Twitter at Current View or on Facebook The Current View and we also have a group that you can interact with us and thank you so much for your support it's greatly appreciated, how are you mate you okay? I'm very uh, steady away uh, Gabby. Where are you TC, you at home, you sound as though you're out in the open. No I'm at home, I'm upstairs but I've got the speaker on, do you want me to take the speaker off? If you could because we can hear you a little bit better if the speaker's off is that better? No, it's actually worse. Is it? Yeah. Right, is that better? That sounds a little bit better, TC. Yeah. Get it closer to me. Yep, absolutely. That sounds fantastic. You are loud and clear. Uh, we didn't do the podcast last week, TC. We're doing it this week. It's on a Monday. Just to uh, uh, put a time stamp on it, Empoli have just scored against Verona. Um, watching the game uh, from Serie A, live on BT Sport. It looks an half-decent game. And Torino are following them at half-seven. It's a massive uh, week of football ahead with Champions League, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's being sacked. We've had magic moments. What have you sourced for us over either the last seven days or two weeks? Well, you know as well as I do, we could, we could go on and yeah, on we could. with all these magic moments. Yeah. But... Two pieces, well, I'm saying just two pieces, just stacked again over week. But the two pieces I picked out, I only used to pick one out, is mm-hmm. Palmer's pass uh, for Manchester City yeah. and uh, Sterling's finish. Both parts of it, the outside of his boot, Palmer, between the centre-back and the goalkeeper, which leaves everybody dead. And Sterling's timed his run perfect, not to get caught offside. And finish with a sublime finish. So that's my two pieces of magic moment this week. That wasn't Palmer though, TC. That was the uh, the fullback, young lad. No, Palmer made the goal for um... Sterling. No, Warren. It was the um, it was the fullback, the left back, whose name escapes me at the moment. It was a young midfield player, wasn't it? No, no, it was the outs the outside of outside his... of his boot. Oh, it was a tremendous pass. I'm just trying to get it up. The pass itself was absolutely oh, sublime. It was I mean phenomenal. Sublime. Who is that fullback at Man City? Well, he started to fetch plenty of kids through, isn't he? Yeah, he has. I mean, that you boy know. that come on towards the end as well, they were saying that oh, they all look the same, these Manchester City play. Well, well all, uh, the team play, all the teams play the same way, don't exactly. they? Exactly. And that's my point, TC. They're going to look the same because... 
Pep Guardiola only has a certain type of player. He doesn't look for that big athletic player that can run for miles. He looks for that player that's got a pass in him that can create magic. He looks for the player what can read the game, Absolutely. what makes angles uh, yeah. to support people what's in, un, under pressure, yeah. and people what can run off the ball to make yeah. uh, create space for other players to run into. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's got to be the best there is, and there is about at this moment in time, is, is, is the Pep Guardiola. He certainly is different class. Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, I mean, we've said for... Well, we've said for an eternity, haven't we, really, that, that his time has been up. Uh, Ollie was at the wheel, but he crashed the car and he's, he's got the sack. Well, look, uh, the, the, there's everything you can say what's come into all this. You can look at the situation with uh, Ronaldo. Was it the right thing to, to, to fetch Ronaldo back? Yeah. I'm not sure it was, even though we all know what a great player Ronaldo's been. Yeah. We all know... You know uh, that he still has the uh, magic moments in him, but when you look at everything else, what goes, uh, what comes with it, his off the ball movement and everything else. Now he just hasn't got that in pace anymore, has he? No, he hasn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I'm not quite sure whether it's a good move or not, me. Well, it was one of those moves that <clears throat> it come out of the blue, didn't it? Really, it, it, it wasn't Ali Gunnar Solskjaer's um, target. He was going to Manchester City. It appeared as though because he was going to Manchester City, Manchester United hijacked the deal at the 11th hour and took him to Old Trafford. And and, and you're right, he wasn't actually what United needed or need. And when you get a player like that who's, let's be honest, his better days are behind him, although he's still a fantastic player, you know, it's fitting him in. And uh, he seems to have made a situation worse, really, for Ollie, doesn't he? Well, the strike. Any striker is never going to close people down when you get to that type of age. Absolutely. The yeah. Premier League is a quick league. Yeah, it is. You know, and pay, people have got to really push themselves and work out across the front line. Yeah. You know, uh, you're not wanting you're not wanting Ronaldo to do that. You're expecting Ronaldo to do the great things what he's got in him. Yeah. But regardless of what anyone says, you know, he's lost that yard of pace. Yeah, yes. So that is going to cause him cause him and the team problems. He's, he's not the player they needed. No, he's not. So that tells me that, that uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has not been, not been running the... Um, um, Recruitment. He's not been running the show at Man United. No. Now, the other thing is, when we said he was going to Manchester City... There's no way he, Ronaldo will go to Manchester City. No. No way. That'll be Ronaldo's uh, agents and all them pushing it at Manchester City to frighten Manchester United fans mm. to force to force um, United yeah. uh, to get him. Yeah. All right, he'll sell a few shirts and things like that. But for me, it, it, it weren't a great move signing uh, Ronaldo back. And I don't think Holly can, well, in my opinion, Holly cannot manage these big name players. No. But again, you've been saying that for eternity, TC, on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, the left back is uh, Cancelo uh, for Manchester City. Yeah, it was his pass with the outside of his boot. Fantastic oh. pass. I mean, it was absolute quality, inch perfect. And uh, Sterling tucked it away fantastically well. My magic moments, and there's been so many over the last couple of weeks. Um, Maxwell Cornet 
What a yeah. strike. We've touched upon him in a previous podcast, and uh, he'd scored a goal very similar to that. I don't know, I can't remember where, and it was on Match of the Day, and we were eulogising about it, and as was the commentator. Then his next touch on Match of the Day, it was a poor one, and I think it went out of play, and we says, well, can he do that again? Well, clearly the kid can. He has got a touch of class. And uh, what a player. A very unburnley-like player, but what a player. He's box office, isn't he? Maxwell no, uh, Cornet. Well, I said to you when he played against Leicester, what, I'm sure yeah. that was his debut. Yeah, it could have been Leicester, yeah. And I, and I said to you, you know, what a goal this kid did, and what a player he looks. Yeah, absolutely. What a goal that was. Uh, 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 Rodri, isn't it? Was it Rodri? Oh, it? Man City, yeah, what a strike. You know. So you know everything about everything uh, with Guardiola and what he and what he does. Yeah, it seems to do it and get it right more often than not, doesn't it? Well, again, going back to what we said at the, at the top of the podcast, Pep Guardiola only picks certain type of players that have got that technical ability that are footballers. He doesn't care whether they're six foot seven or whether they're five foot three. If they can play football, they're Pep's type of player. He doesn't look for an athlete, he looks for a footballer. Without without a question of a doubt. And also, I've got to uh, add to the list, Ollie Watkins' strike. What a goal for Aston Villa. Oh. Steven Gerrard's, uh, with a goal that, that, that opened uh, Steven Gerrard's reign uh, at Villa Park. And I thought that was a magic moment as well. The reaction from Steven Gerrard. And it was on the, it's on the front of the, uh, of the, the goals in the, uh, in the sun on uh, this Sunday and if you look at that picture if a picture paints a thousand words well that just says to me one word winner well without question but like I've said to you when you look at the scenario what's what's happening with all these great magic moments because we've got that many now it's it's all 92 league clubs on on the TV whereas you only saw them uh, 30 years ago yeah uh, match it day, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Or in yeah. World Cups or European Championships or Champions Leagues. Now you've seen them all the time. And there's, there's some absolutely sublime uh, magic moments, you know. And another one I have to mention before we leave our magic moments. Uh, Cole Stockton's 94th minute winner for Morecambe away at Fleetwood. I mean, what a, what a world. Unbelievable. Like. And the young kid, the, the, the centre-back of his turn, there's an England in, uh, international, you know, one of those younger age groups. Yeah, yeah. What a, what, a, what a finish. It was absolutely sublime. And, and you're right, I mean, I do like to watch Quest. I didn't see Quest. I was out this Saturday. And I was also been working an awful lot Saturday and Sunday. So I'd, I haven't seen all of the football that I'd like to see. But I do go on to Quest's Twitter feed and they always put up the top couple of goals of the weekend and they're always just sublime. That many brilliant goals, that many great performances, that many great magic moments and that many that many great results as well. And your boy Sheffield Wednesday got got to... Uh, well, they, they turned Three draws. Three vital yeah. points because... Turned draws is, into a win, TC. Yeah. You know, when you look at it, uh, I mean, first 15, 20 minutes, what, bit of, what, what I saw, because I've recorded it, yep. they looked absolutely brilliant. Then they lost it a little bit. We expect that. Yep. 
Um, but they've got they've got to keep winning. They've got they've got to string a win together uh, because they cannot afford not to go up this year. But I guarantee you that. And they're looking they're looking good at the moment. Sheffield they played eighteen games, twenty nine points. Okay, Sunderland have played two games fewer and they've got two points on you. But but Sheffield Wednesday, you know, you've only lost three games, which Plymouth the top, they've only lost two, and Rotherham that a second have lost three. So he yeah, is but... just turning them them draws into wins and he done that, but he almost got turned that win into a draw because you were three nil up after about twenty two minutes and, and then uh, they come Gabby, back at you, didn't at they? The day, you cannot afford to keep drawing football matches. No, you can't, no, absolutely not. You cannot afford to keep drawing football matches. You're better off losing and winning than and drawing. Wednesday, Wednesday are just completely uh, a draw merchant at the moment in time, and that is no good to anyone. And regardless of what anybody tells me, I want Sheffield Wednesday to win. Mm. You cannot keep doing that. You cannot keep doing it. Do you think Sheffield Wednesday will come up out of League One? Because it really looks competitive. I like the look of Rotherham. Rotherham always do well in League One, get up to Championship because they haven't got the budget and, and, and tend to come back down. Uh, MK Dons uh, are up there in the uh, playoffs, as are Wickham, who you're playing this weekend. And uh, Wigan are always looking good for three points as well. Very competitive. Then just under, you've got Oxford, Portsmouth, Ipswich, Charlton now with the new manager, Johnny Jackson. They've had four wins on the spin and, and beat Plymouth 2-0 the weekend. So, you know, it's a really competitive league, league one. Well, you get Christmas out of the way, then that'll yeah. give you, mm. that'll give you uh, a rough idea. You probably get always get, not always, but you you get one come out of the pack, don't you? Yeah, you do. And get, you know, what's near, near, just below halfway or near the bottom and they're going a hell of a run. January will tell, end of January will tell me what, what chance have we've got. Mm. And it, but what I'm saying to everybody, all these Sheffield Wednesday fans, if we are not uh, promoted this season, we're in for a rough ride. Yeah. We're in for a rough ride because we could finish up like Derby County. Mm-hmm. Talk- what a great result they've got. I was going to say, what's happening to them? Talking of Derby County TC, what what a result against you know my favourites to win the league, Bournemouth. Although Fulham and Bournemouth, I think it is nip and tuck. And early doors, you're looking at Bournemouth. I think at one stage they were the only unbeaten team in all the leagues, but they've uh, come off a couple of bad results now. And Fulham with Mitrovic, he can't stop scoring. He scored 21 goals now. And I'm, I'm looking at the league's leading goal scorers in uh, League One. Not one Sheffield Wednesday player. The goals have been sprinkled around. They've scored 24 goals. But uh, not one of them has scored more than uh, five or six. Well, that's that's a plus, though, Gabby. Yeah, it if is. Yeah. Other, if you can get other 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 uh, players in the team scoring goals. Yes, yeah, sprinting around. Yeah, once you get the once you get the main striker, goal scorer, whoever it is scoring, is double figures. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a big plus for you. Absolutely. But again, you know. I'm not overconfident. I want us to go up. I want us to win the league. I want us to, you know, to to get back into the Premier League. But there's too, there's far too much going on behind the scenes. What people don't know about yet. Yeah, absolutely. In Derby County, we did touch upon Derby. What a brilliant job Wayne Rooney's doing there at Derby. It's incredible. Yeah, incredible. It is. 
And and again, the goal that they conceded against Bournemouth, because Wayne likes to play a certain way, likes to play the ball out from the back. And I remember watching Derby at Birmingham, and they gifted Birmingham a couple of goals. They gift-wrapped it, uh, Bournemouth a, a goal the weekend. They they do tend to do that, Derby, but he's sticking to his philosophy and he's keeping playing the way that Wayne Rooney wants to play the game of football. And if they didn't have that 21 points deducted, you know, they, they're sitting nice in in kind of halfway comfort in that championship. So yeah. when people say a Derby going to go down, I think Derby will stay up. And and, uh, and you're right, that will be one of the greatest jobs in, uh, in, in English football, won't it? Listen. With them nine points knocked off in first place. But yeah. now... Yeah, 21. That's even fucking high. Well, probably mm. Gabby actually swore then. No, probably, but it is too you know, soon when you look in at 21. That, Jesus wept. Yeah. Oh, Jesus wept, as you say. It is an absolute tremendous job the, the, that Wayne is doing there. But let's move on, TC, to Book Corner in association with myfootballbooks.com. And uh, Andy has picked some brilliant books this week uh, for us. Uh, the first one, I can't pronounce uh, the uh, the word, but it's the wonder team of um, of Austria. It's Generation. So, uh, so that must mean. But it must mean generation in Austrian, and it's the wonder team, the rise and fall of Austria's wonder team, written by Joe Raff. It is one that I have in my library because um, I'm I'm a big fan of historic football teams, and this wonder team in Austria arguably were the first club wonder team in association football, and it was um, Hugo Meisel who was the coach. And on this day last week, and I'm going back to that, which would have been the 16th of the 11th, 1881, Hugo Meisel was born. I mean, the fella is an absolute legend of the game out there in Austria. And he did have uh, Jimmy Hogan, with him in the early 1900s and Hogan and Meisel were doing great things and that was even before this wonder team so when you look at the evolution of of the Austrian sides in the early 1900s to coming up to that wonder team absolutely fantastic and it's all there in a lovely uh, lovely little book written by Joe Araf and uh, Pitch Publishing have published it who do an awful lot of wonderful publications yeah what used to be up there in football absolutely how they seem to fall fall away it's untrue isn't it it is yeah but again Meisel was just the um, well he was he was the I suppose that the Mourinho, the Don Reeve, the you know the Herbert Chapman, the Brian Clough, the you know he he was up there as one of the top coaches of his of his day, and there's a lovely picture of him on the front uh, with his uh, his his coat, his trench mac type of coat, and he, and his bowler hat. So he doesn't actually look like a football coach; he looks more like a banker. But uh, what a fantastic influence he was for European and Austrian football and has left an indelible mark on that wonder team and uh, out there 
available on Amazon or in search the Wonder Team of Austria and there by the book. Yeah, you've had some great uh, information to all our listeners out there. Well, and I, I hope you all appreciate it. Well, look at Andy, because Andy does a wonderful job with his My Football Books. He's on Twitter and on Facebook, and we do a monthly podcast together. And the amount of fantastic books. And I have to say that Pitch are one of the best publishers of fine football books. And, and I, I love the historic content of the books as you know tc i rarely read them because i'm always working and doing my podcast and researching i'm still on page 111 of granddad what was football like in the 70s by richard crooks i've got to get off that uh, kelly's eye but you know it's finding time to read these books but i do like to give them a shout and a book that i've recently purchased um a, a guy i'm um, i'd I want to know more about I know a little bit about him. Herbstein, The Triumph and Tragedy of Football's Forgotten Pioneer, written by Dominic Bliss. Now, Herbstein was the uh, the coach and manager of the Grande Torino side that arguably is the greatest club side that's ever graced a football pitch that sadly died in the tragedy of Supergar. So that's, again, another book that um, I want to get my teeth into. And they're published by The Blizzard, uh, all the W's dot the blizzard dot co dot UK. It were a group of uh, journalists who have probably forgotten more than I will ever know about football. There's some fantastic people out there and um, on the internet. It's so easy to connect with them and to link up and to look and buy uh, their work. And a brilliant picture of Herbstein on the front controlling the ball on his, uh, on his instep. Again, um, in full regalia, it looks as though he's going out for Sunday dinner rather than going to coach a, a team of football players. But a Holocaust survivor as well with the great Bella Gutman. They were um, they were on the way to different camps, ultimately going to find their way to Auschwitz, decided to do a bunk. And one went on to manage the great Benfica team and Herbstein went back to Torino and that took them to footballing glory. Brilliant. Is it, you know, all this, all this history on football, you know, uh, it makes you think what could have happened to some of these other teams be- Absolutely, without yeah. these tragedies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in that one, literally with Herbstein and uh, Bella Gutman, they they were destined for Auschwitz, but but, but they 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 broke they through. They don't know how lucky they were then, do they? No, they don't. And and really, um, European football doesn't realize realize how lucky that we are that they did break free from the uh, that that Nazi stranglehold and um, survived it because their two teams after the war, Benfica and the El Grande Torino. Um, just un- unbelievable heights that they uh, they they scale. Yeah, incredible. But uh, football just gives so many beautiful stories of the beautiful game and encounters of it. And another one that um, in my collection, Andy Bolan has written Johan Cruyff's final year at Feyenoord. Fierce genius and. Uh, Johan Cruyff, one of the greatest players to grace a pitch, the uh, the master Dutchman. 
Yeah. Well, what is it? I mean, not only as a football player, but as a coach. Absolutely. What, you know, what an absolutely influence he's left uh, yeah. and what a mark he's left it like, on, on football in general, hasn't it? You know what I mean? He absolutely has. But um, in that season, Ajax no longer wanted him. They, they told him that... I think they told him he was pretty much past his sell-by date. So what are you going to do? So I'm going to go and join Feyenoord. <laughs> I mean, and, and again, when you look at Cruyff there, probably only Johan Cruyff at, at that age would have left Ajax and joined their most fiercest of rivals, Feyenoord. So it promises to be a fantastic read there. And it just focuses on that final season, pretty much, of um, of Johan Cruyff when he left Ajax and went to join Feyenoord. And he looks great in the Feyenoord kit, although he's an Ajax man, but Johan Cruyff would look great in any kit. And, you know, um, I think October 1970 was the first time he wore the number 14 shirt as well. Yeah, and it turned out to be a famous shirt where where lots of people in world football wanted to be number 14. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, 10 and 7 has been the two major yeah. football numbers in football, you know, but that, that, that definitely left his mark, the 14. It certainly did. Nuddy played against him um, early doors, 19, I think he was 1970. Um, when Chelsea went out there and, and played Ajax, and Udi said we discovered Heineken and Johan Cruyff on, on that tour. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I says, because he looked at this lad, he got a number, because again, we didn't know anything about those teams and players because we didn't have the internet, we didn't have all the games that's on. We had the FA Cup final and probably an England international game, England Scotland that would be live on the TV. We didn't have live TV games in those days. So we didn't really know much about Ajax. I mean, we used to think that they were named after a cleaning product. And Oddie said, he looked up and he'd seen this kid with the number 14 shirt and thought, well, he must be one of the subs. And he started. And <laughs> he, I says to him, I said, did you find out how, why you wore the number 14 shirt? He said... He said, Paul, I played against him three times and I never got close enough to ask him what a player Johan Cruyff was. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But again, TC, you know, you played the game professionally at a high level. You know, I didn't. Most of us fans haven't. We don't appreciate how brilliant these players were because when you're on the pitch playing against them, you just see them at a different level. And Al said to me, Paul, you had to be on the pitch. Feel to with, see it. Yeah, look, Johan Cruyff to see it. I agree with him 100%. Yeah. You know, I've been on a football field, even in a lower level, mm. and you saw so, and I've seen some players do things. Yeah. And I think they said, brilliant, son. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't say it loud because, people, you know, people look at you and think, well, I'm going to be, you're playing against them. Yeah. But I, I, I appreciate any footballer what shows yeah. uh, a performance or an individual piece of skill at any level. Yeah. You know, you know, I watched Everton the other day. I had to turn it off. Yeah, terrible, isn't I? I found it so boring to yeah. watch. So when when you're on a football field and you get your Hudsons and your your, your Croids and your, your best of this world, all these stamp balls, they take your breath away. Yeah. And again, football fans sometimes, well, you know, I've played the game. I understand the game. I've been watching it for 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah, I know. 
but you've never played the game at that level. So until you've played the game at that level, you don't really know what it's like to play against them world-class players. And to play against them is an absolute joy. And Huddy played when, against many of them, and Johan Cruyff was the When best they do it, you think to yourself, how have they done that? Yeah, exactly. You know. Behind the lens, TC, a uh, picture that you posted up of you and Roger Wilde. And there was a lovely little bit of writing that you uh, you put beside it as well. Yeah. Well, Rog, uh, Roger could have played with me at any time. Yeah. And Big Jack just didn't want the players yeah. together. You know what I mean? Yes, I do, yeah. Which I found very, very unbelievable because I thought to myself, he's a player with that much skill. Mm. He's a player with that much skill, Gabby. That Jack thought that we just couldn't play together. Yeah. And I've just found it very incredible. But you do that, don't you? I mean, I, I know you love Jack as a person. And, just um, a manager, I can't understand it. Exactly. I, I know. But but you just look and you just think, how do you not see that we can't play together? But there's, there's that kind of putting the handbrake on and playing a certain way. And, you know, for both you, you and me and Uddy and play, you know, people of, of, of that ideology of playing football you can't get enough ball players on that pitch where you know you're looking at you're looking at movement you're looking at the pass and and, and they're a joy to watch but with some managers Gareth Southgate being a prime example he doesn't like to have many magicians on a pitch and no. we give him another three bloody years as well today yeah well Man United are happy all Man United fans are happy could you honestly see him taking the reins at Old Trafford, though? No. I couldn't. No way. No, no chance. He's not done all for England. No, he hasn't. I'm amazed. Well, I'm not amazed because that's what happens with the FA. But I was absolutely gutted that they give him three more years. And I, I can't believe the uh, the fans eulogising about Gareth because I, I just think he's a very, very poor manager. I don't like his philosophy. But, you know, another no, three not. years of Gareth. You know, I, I mean, we don't really criticise him, what they call because I, I like him as a person. Yeah, absolutely, we yeah. Him, we don't like his philosophy. No. And, you know, uh, he don't like certain players. But at the end of the day, he picks a team. It's, it, but it, 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 he has to face the consequences if, if they don't win anything, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And what, what I don't understand is, really, at that international level, you're only as well in football. You're only as good as your last game, anyhow. And uh, certainly in international level, you're only as good as your last tournament. England, Gabby, okay, have done okay, 100%. but we ain't you're only won. as good as your last game. Yeah. How many times do you? I mean, Bournemouth go two one up, yeah, yeah. and then sit back. Yeah. Why? To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash srbmedia, or just follow the links in the description. Thank you.